welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, as we always do, let's start off with a look at the S&P 500 and the top 40 index, both of which are kind of middling along, but the S&P doing a little bit better than we are, definitely at the moment. Yes, that's right. The S&P 500 has moved higher. We spoke about this last week and the week before. Um, uh, the reason I bring it up again, not to keep on banging the same drum, but it's just to update and say, you know, last week on the show, I identified the fact that this market had broken above that big downtrend resistance. And I said it was possible that a pullback towards 2700 would see the little gap being filled. Mm. And I'm pointing out that gap there now. Now, that actually was filled last week. We saw a pullback all the way to 2700 and then the market held that level and bounced up off it. And on the very short term chart, you can see there's like a little pennant pattern over there, which would be more clearly evident on, a, on an intraday graph or an hourly graph, perhaps. But you can see it there as well. And the market has broken to the upper end of that. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, this market is now close to a two-month high. And, and, and if I, I think if it can stay above 2,700, then that remains relatively bullish for the near term um, for a potential move up towards 2,800. Let's see. You know, it might just chop around and be lethargic. But until that happens, I can't just preempt it. For now, what we see here is, is a mildly bullish setup. Yeah. The top 40 is a slightly different picture because, because of one of the factors that we will be discussing, which is the RAND. Yeah. But before we get to that, I mean, look at where we are, which is kind of just treading water. Yeah, we are just treading water. So here's our top 40 spot index. And as I've pointed out in previous weeks, we had this downward sloping channel, which has broken to the upper end now. But that breakout above the top of that channel certainly has not been very vigorous. And in fact, there's been some evidence of selling pressure at the upper levels over the last few days. Um, and we, the market's very much uh, a, a sort of a split market at the moment. We've got very strong resources and very weak domestic stocks. And we'll talk more to that in a moment. Uh, before we get there, I just want to look at a shorter term chart of the top 40 future here. And then we'll look at the Rand dollar exchange rate to build the picture. This is now a one-hour chart of the top 40 futures contract, and okay. it looks back about one month. And what you can see here is that it's very choppy action, not particularly exciting. And for the most part, this market has been stuck in a 1,000-point range for the last month, with a little bit of an overshoot here and there. But for the, for the most part, that trading activity has occurred within a 1,000-point trading range. The big, the, the big significant level uh, to monitor here is 51,200, which is a lateral support level over there. You can see this morning the market did trade down to that level. It held that 51,200 and it's bounced off there. But there is this evidence of a big rounding top type of pattern here. So I won't be all that surprised if we see the market rally up and then sort of falter and make another lower high and then perhaps come and have another attempt at 51,200 and maybe even a breakdown okay. below that, that area. So the significance of something like a rounding top is that generally the market is rolling over and heading weaker. That's, that's often the way we see it, yeah. If, 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 unless it can really get going and push out to the upside. If it continues to make lower highs, as has been the case over the last week or two, uh, then one would say that there's a propensity that if it makes another lower high and begins to roll over again, then it starts to increase the odds that we could see a break below that lateral support at 51,200. And then that would bring the lower targets into play down at about 50,500, that sort of area. Yeah. So I think it's worth monitoring. Okay. But part of it is, is the RAND. 
and we, we mentioned that we would talk to this point. So here's a chart, a daily chart now of the Rand dollar exchange rate. And what's pretty clear here is that we have this rounding bottom pattern on the, on the Rand dollar exchange rate that's been forming since January this year, actually. Uh, the break above 12 Rand 20 was significant from a technical perspective. We got that breakout in April, and then in earlier May, a pullback towards 1220, it held that level beautifully and it bounced back up off there. Now what's happened over the last day or so is we've seen a move up to the 200 day moving average on the mm -hmm. Rand dollar. That comes in at about 12 Rand 80 and the currency has reversed down quite convincingly from that area. So for now, it appears to me that we may be in a um, sort of a choppy range between say 1220 and 1280. Um, and, and that essentially is a movement between the 50-day moving average, which is that blue line at the lower end over there, and then the 200-day moving average is the red line up there. So a, a choppy sort of range at the moment. But if the RAND does begin to strengthen back towards this 1220 sort of area, well, then that potentially plays into the hands of the domestic stocks at yeah. the expense of the resources. But if it breaks through the 200-day moving average, in other words, above 1280, that suggests... So it's well on its way to 13. Yeah, then you would expect to move to 13, quite right. Um, and I think let's see if it gets there first. But it, what I see here right now, it looks to me as if it needs a bit of a reset, a bit of a pullback first. And if it then continues to make another higher low, then I think there's a propensity for it ultimately break, to break above that 200-day moving average. Yeah. But I don't see that happening right away. Because it has actually been quite a profound weakening over the last month or so. So what, yeah. I mean, it's, over a month is about 10% down? It, it is, yeah. If you go back to late March, when the, the currency was yeah. at 11 Rand 60, it's traded all the way up to just above, uh, to above 12.80 recently. So that's a, a weakening of 10%. Remember, it's, it's twofold. I mean, part of it is slight uh, RAND weakness and emerging market aversion because of rising U.S. bond yields. But also a lot of it has had to do with the fact that the dollar itself has been quite strong. Yeah. And if you actually look at that dollar index chart, the dollar has been pretty strong. Now, if you had to map the RAND against the two major indices, which is what we're going to discuss in anticipation of the trade that you put on for the portfolio, would you say it kind of mirrors, well, there's a a mirror image for the resources index and kind of an exact opposite for what's been happening on the Findi index. Yeah, to a certain extent. So this is the JSE resources 10 index over here. And what you can see is there's this very large broadening pattern evident over here. Um, and it's interesting if you go and look at the chart of BHP Billiton, the chart pattern of that looks identical, which is to be expected because Billiton is the biggest stock in the resources index. Um, also, Sassel looks almost identical to this. Mm -hmm. They both have these large broadening patterns. They're both running up into resistance at the moment, where it looks to me as if they could be a bit stretched and looking due for a breather fairly soon. Um, if we talk to the fact that the RAND potentially goes a bit stronger here, then that also might very well be a catalyst for these uh, resources stocks to possibly pull back. So I think it's worthwhile noting. Also, what has driven this resources index uh, higher like this has been the, the strengthening oil price as well. Remember, oil has put on a, a, quite a big gain over the last five or six weeks, and that is also being reflected here. Billiton and Sassel obviously yeah. geared towards an oil price. Which is why it's affected some resources stocks sort of um, better than others. Yeah. Um, Billiton has had a phenomenal two months. Yeah. Um, Anglo-American, pretty good. Kumba, not so much. Yeah. So there have been quite sort of variances within the resources index. Correct. But if you remember, the ones that, are, that carry the heaviest weighting in this index are BHP Billiton and Anglo-American. So it, it stands to reason why you see this overall index moving up as strongly as it has. And then the Findi index is a 
quite a different story, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is it. And this is what we were talking about earlier with, in our overall market. I mean, we've got a top 40 that's chopping around and going nowhere. But you've got these huge divergences on, on the indices. We've got a very strong resources index and a very weak financial and industrial index over here. Um, effectively, the domestic area of the market has been quite weak. If you look at your retailers, you look at your banking stocks and the like, they've actually been under quite a lot of pressure recently. Mm. And all that rumophoria that we started the year with really seems to have petered out. Mm. And we've seen quite a deep pullback in a lot of those domestic stocks recently. And it's reflected here in this Findy 30 index. Now, you can see I've put in a horizontal support there at 16,700 on this index. That corresponds with the 200-day moving average on this index as well. Now, I know a lot of viewers might look at that and say, well, that is just one big, enormous head and shoulders pattern <laughs> yeah. over there. It might be. Um, personally, I prefer to rely on these patterns when they form over a shorter time frame. So maybe a month but to six weeks at the most. I find these very large head, head and shoulder type patterns like this don't often tend to play out actually. So the way I'm seeing it at the moment is I'm questioning whether there's not actually some potential now for a little bit of rotation out of, out of the resources, perhaps back towards the domestic stocks, also given what we're seeing in the RAND that I spoke yeah. about. So certainly if it strengthens, and um, imagine that if there was some sort of um, bounce of that 200-day moving average, it would be quite a positive indicator. It would indeed. It would indeed. And, that, and that's sort of what we're seeing on the market today as we record the show at the moment. Um, and, and that's also what leads us into this week's trade. Yeah. Okay. So it's a long position on Remgro. And I mean, it's not a great looking chart, no. but Garth, you're wading in against the grain. Yeah, I am. And, and I sort of deliberated over this trade quite a lot and wondered whether I should really be doing it or not. But I've got a couple of reasons as to why I've decided to go with it. Um, I've explained previously the possibility of, of a potential shift back towards the domestic stocks. Remgro is quite exposed domestically through the banking, through First Rand and RMH. It's also got MediClinic, which is not entirely domestic, but um, and, and, and some other domestic exposure in there as well. What particularly interests me, though, is the fact that we've got a couple of things technically here. Um, there was a head and shoulders pattern that formed through April and early May. Uh, and, that, and a shorter term head and shoulders pattern. Yeah, a shorter term, that's right. This one <coughs> took basically five weeks to form. It broke to the downside and it's met the target, which is a 206 rand. It's met that target. Now, what we have forming today is called a morning star reversal pattern. So that's where you have a down day followed by a doji, which is an equal opening and closing price. It looks like a little cross on the chart. And then you have an up day. That's what we're seeing today. The green candle today represents the, an up day. So that is a, is a morning star reversal. The other thing is that we have an RSI buy signal. And that is where your RSI goes below a reading of 30 and then back above 30. That is an RSI buy signal. Now, Yes, you're right that the overall chart structure doesn't look great. It's weak. It's making lower highs and lower lows and the, it's below the 50-day moving average. So I'm kind of breaking a number of rules here. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes also when you are breaking the rules, it's worthwhile just to know that you're doing it, first of all. Um, so understand that from a risk management perspective. But also when I look back, something that's particularly interesting for me here is the fact that, that it's given this RSI buy signal. And on Remgro, uh, it's given an RSI buy signal like this five times over the last 18 months, mm -hmm. and five out of five times those have marked the bottom, and you've seen quite a nice rebound in the share price thereafter. So it, it was sort of an opportunity in each of those previous five circumstances 
to go against the grain, wait for that reversal and then buy. So we've done that today. I, I've gone long of the stock and I'll put a stop loss underneath the, the lowest point of this morning star reversal. Yeah. If I'm wrong, we'll get stopped out. We'll lose a little bit of money. But if I'm right and the last five out of five occasions that this kind of setup emerged, I would have been right. Then we've probably got a bit of upside to come here. And I suppose um, the upsides, in addition, being that you get in at the, at the turn, not waiting for the break to happen first. Yeah, that's it. So it, it, it is a little bit of sort of picking a bottom, which in, in many traders' uh, vocabularies is, is not a good idea. <laughs> but I think I've got just, just reasons for doing it in this case. And as I say, if, when you're breaking the rules, at least recognize that you're doing it and know that you've got your risk well contained. Yeah. So talk us through the mechanics. Right. Now. So we've gone long at 211 Rand 37. Let's have a look at the finer details. Long at 211 Rand 37. Stop loss 206 Rand 50. That means my risk per share here is 4 Rand 87. I'm risking only 1% of our account here. Now we've got 162,000 Rand available. Um, so I'm risking 1% of that, which is 1,620 Rand. So I take the 1620 and I divide that by our risk per share of 4 Rand 87. It allows me to effectively buy 332 shares. So I've rounded it down to 330 CFDs. My target is 220 Rand here. That's basically a move back up towards the 50 and the 200 day moving average area. And then that means my risk to reward ratio is 1 to 1.77. Okay, so not a huge chunky risk to reward no. ratio, but... Um a single to add to the board. Yeah, that's it, exactly. If we're right, we'll make a bit of money. If we're wrong, we lose 1%. It's not the end of the world. Um, but, but as I say, I think I've got just reasons for giving it a bash. Okay. So very quickly to wrap up the portfolios, because you have got a course coming up. Yes, very quickly. So South African portfolio, similar to last week, we're up almost 8% for the year to date over there. The offshore portfolio hasn't changed from last week. We're still up one and a bit percent there, sitting with our Tesla put option there. And then, yes, I've got a course coming up in Johannesburg on the 23rd of June. Uh, it's a high probability trading course. I'm offering this as a winter promotion at a 30% discount to the normal price. So 1,990 Rand per person. Anyone that's interested, please email me, goth at traderscorner.co.za, and then I'll email you all the details. Great. Thanks, Garth. We'll leave it there as always. Uh, Garth uh, is founder and editor of Traders Corner.